Hey, we're coming in hot, 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 hot. Oh my gosh, it's Friday, okay? And I've always wanted to do that. So now that I've done it, I could get back to the real work, right? Hey, everybody, it's Coco Dixon, your host of The Real. You know me, I'm the owner of Taylor Bond Group, a luxury real estate group here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And today we are gonna be talking with a very special guest, Melissa Okawa. Melissa comes from Los Angeles and she is a luxury agent out in Los Angeles herself. We're going to dish, we're going to talk, we're going to have a little fun, and I hope you hang around for the entire thing. So without further ado, Melissa. Melissa. Hi, Coco. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. Are we, do we have a good sound? Are we hearing each other good? I think this is much better. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So just audience, I know you're wondering, what are they doing? You know, like anything else, there's always a little glitch. Got Melissa Okava on the line, as I mentioned, and she is coming from Los Angeles, California. Alta Properties is where um, Melissa hangs her license. She's been in real estate a long time. Let's hear about her. Melissa, can you share with us, you know, tell us a little bit about you and your Cali life. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Coco. So yes, my name is Melissa Okada. I'm a full-time real estate agent with Alta Properties. Um, I service the Los Angeles South Bay area, which is such a hot, hot market. Um, yes, and I've been licensed now for five years and counting. I service both buyers and sellers. Um, I really love working with first-time home buyers. I have a first-time home buyer specialist designation, as well as very interested in international or global real estate. Um, and I have a CIPS um, designation as well, Certified International Property Specialist. Yes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love that. So you know what? Tell me a little bit about the international side. Sounds so planned. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's definitely one of my personal interests. Um, I lived abroad in France and Paris, France for four years in my wow. 20s. Um, <laughs> but I wow. loved it there. And um, I've always just really connected, really felt connected to um, learn about other cultures. And my goal, you know, kind of moving forward is being able to bridge or connect um, with, you know, other agencies abroad, other real estate professionals, and be able to service our clients, you know, in a global scale. I love that. That is taking real estate to a whole new level. And I know everyone, when, you know, they think of real estate, they think local, right? You know, whatever market they want to service. But the the pandemic, without a doubt, me, if, if this has been different for you, has created a global reach for real estate, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yes, it definitely has created... Um, you know, even more momentum on the trend that was already happening, which was, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of connections, right? And even more so virtually, right? Like being able to have meetings on Zoom, you know, it just gets us in touch with people all over the world um, and really making those connections and, and opening that up. So absolutely, 100% agree. And I love that. So let me ask this, you know, I know from different states how real estate is done is a little bit different, right? So we have our local as far as logistics of real estate, and then we have our, our global reach. How do you work with um, buyers from, or even sellers? Because I'm sure, you know, there are people who don't live in the country who own in California. How do you work with them um, since you are Cali-based and they're out of state? Tell, tell the audience a little bit about that for the people, you know, really interested in um, 
in becoming agents? Yes, absolutely. Um, so it's definitely coordinating with, you know, your real estate partner abroad, you know, hypothetically, let's say they have, um, or there's a buyer in France that wants to purchase here in the United States, you know, kind of coordinating with your counterpart abroad to, okay. to make that happen. And obviously educating, right, the buyer or the seller, because it's, like you mentioned, very different in their, their home country or even their home state. It could be very different. Um, and letting them know, you know, the process, processes of um, what happens and all of that. Um, if it is an international buyer or seller, right, because they don't have a social security number, it'd be their, um, their mm -hmm. item. Um, and then, of course, to, you know, assisting or facilitating if, you know, someone is purchasing abroad, uh, um, having the, the proper contacts for notarization, um, proper, like, real estate legal contacts abroad, too, if, if it's applicable. Wow. That's now, oh, I'm so excited about this. This is, like, this is great information. This is really, you know, like taking real estate and insight into real estate to the next level. Number one, I, uh, you can tell I don't like travel a lot. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know that there are places that don't have a social security number. <laughs> really, that there are places where people don't have a social security number. They have a, what did you call it? A, a I what? Oh, and I think, yes, um, for foreign nationals right here, that gotcha. know, person here, for example. Yes, yes, yes. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah, but it's also right educating um, one another too, right, with the processes in that country, right? Yeah. Because in some countries, they don't have escrows. They use just like, you know, attorneys, like real estate attorneys, right, or notarios, right? Um, so it's, it can be quite different, but that's why it's really important, right, to have your strong network of fellow right. professionals so right. that you can collaborate together. You can both help and facilitate for the client um, to the, in the best way possible. So, um, yeah, it's very exciting, though, right? We have such a global reach nowadays, and it's just uh, making those connections and making it happen, so... Yes, it's so exciting. And just, you know, for our audience, I mean, they clearly know that Melissa Okaba, okay, with Alta Properties, she knows what she's talking about. So let's hop into your local market a little bit. Tell us how things are going in Cali. We know it's hot. <laughs> oh, yes, girls, real hot. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, so the market that I specialize the most in is the um, Los Angeles South Bay. So South Bay market here is very hot. Um yeah, I mean, we've seen prices accelerating very quickly in the past two years. Um, the pandemic, right, has has created a lot of changes um, in the market, but our housing market is super strong, very active, and very desirable. Um, yeah. So in Torrance, for example, where I'm based, it, it has a lot of beautiful um, single-family residences, kind of suburban feel, um, but also mm -hmm. relatively close to the beach. And so with the trend, for example, people kind of getting out of the city a bit more, right? So I have a, I have had quite a few clients that used to live in downtown, they worked in downtown, loved it. And then when the pandemic happened, things shut down. That little tiny studio did not look as attractive anymore <laughs> when we're stuck at home. Um, and so they decided to actually, you know, move back and purchase here in, in the South Bay. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that has, you know, attracted a lot more people into, right, um, change in housing, change in wanting yeah. more space. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. And then Definitely. we have great school districts and that kind of thing, too. So that's been very stable. 
So tell me this, um, what is the population of Torrance? Ooh, that is a good question. I'm going to have to get back to you on that because I don't know the exact numbers. <laughs> okay. I mean, because yes. I know, you know, as a whole, just California as a whole, it has a, a really dense population of people. You know what I mean? I know like San Francisco alone, because I used to live in Monterey and San Fran was like my go-to. I go to LA sometimes, but I really love going up there. It's just a little closer. And oh my gosh, when you go in San Fran, right? The fact that it's hilly, you get to really see how close everyone is to everyone else. You know, oh, it is right. a pretty, you know, a pretty dense population up there. So just be interesting to know like how Torrance is and also, you know, what what is the appeal of Torrance? What brings people to, I know they do some sort of race or something there, the Spartan or something. I think they have a, I think it's in Torrance. I got to think about that. I've, <laughs> I've uh, been invited to the Spartan race a couple of times, but um, yeah, what's kind of the appeal or the charm in Torrance that would make it a great go-to as opposed to maybe some of the other outer line areas of, uh, you know, the South Bay or L. Absolutely. Um, actually, I did a quick Google, so I'm going to get you the population numbers. Oh, good. <laughs> so our population here in Torrance as of 2022 um, census, it, it does say we have about um, 140,250. Okay. <laughs> so okay. Um, yeah, and Torrance is actually, it's quite big. It is quite big. Um, it's kind of divided. Well, we have four high schools within within Torrance itself, so it's it's kind of a larger suburban city. We'll we'll call it, um, okay. and it's very appealing because we do have award winning school districts. Um, in addition to being very very close to the beach, right? So we're only about mm. seven miles on average from the beach, so it's very very quick. And a lot of just because of the pricing here in California, you know, a lot of people from the beach are, are getting pushed slightly eastward, which falls into Torrance. So gotcha. there's a lot of, yeah, beach spillover there as well. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, very family-based, um, you know, great job opportunities. We have, you know, like Honda's is based in Torrance. Um, we have a cute little downtown historic area of downtown Torrance, um, which was built in like the 1920s. And yeah, it just has a very, charming suburban feel um very nice it's very very appealing yeah a lot of multi-generational um multi-generational living too believe it or not for a short period of time i lived in bakersfield <laughs> oh wow <laughs> i lived in bakersfield and um at the at the time i was married and my husband were what um, a CFO for Frito-Lay and uh, and so he, they were in Button Willow and so we lived in Bakersfield and what I loved about Bakersfield believe it or not they'd have a really cute downtown area I just really really liked it and and uh, how does Torrance kind of you know juxtapose in in um, Bakersfield which is really small and intimate and you know uh, uh, or at least it was 20 years ago when when I knew it uh, maybe it's grown a lot <laughs> um, how is uh, you know Torrance's downtown in their historic area and stuff if you know anything about uh, that the Bakersfield area how do they like you know line up or or compare Oh, really good questions. I'm not so familiar with Bakersfield, um, so I wouldn't be able to maybe make that comparison per se. Yeah. Um, but yeah, downtown area, you know, is 
very charming. It's kind of a mix of old and new right now, um, oh. but it does have a historical charm with the, the architecture um, and a lot of new businesses coming in. Um, there's a really cute dance studio I go to in downtown Torrance, mm. which has like excellent salsa, batata, ballroom dancing, all of that. Um, and a lot of cute little like restaurants, wine bars, that sort of thing. Very nice. So yeah. if you had to take a trip, you say, okay, we're going to, um, we're, we're going to, to uh, Orange County, right? We're going to go down into, mm -hmm. to the, to the OC. <laughs> we're heading to the OC today. We're going down, um, to, uh, to LA, downtown LA, or we're going to go to Universal Studios. What's, how long is the drive from Torrance to? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so from Torrance to downtown LA, give or take, it can be like 30 to 45 minutes. Um, going tons of Orange County, not too bad either, probably about 40, depending where, where in Orange County, but like from, from Torrance to like Laguna Beach, it could be anywhere from like 40 minutes to an hour, um, okay. depending on traffic. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, and then to the Valley, usually it's about an hour. Um, oh, yeah. actually, I almost forgot to, I wanted to mention, so Torrance okay. is the home base of Delamo Mall, which is like a huge, 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 amazing mall very, 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 um, very modern and new. Um, and so that actually attracts in a lot of, um, a lot of people too. I guess. It's also now a, um, like a destination, um, okay. <laughs> like a California destination. Yeah. So I almost forgot to mention that. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. And what, what do you call it? What's the name of it? It's called Delamo Mall. And that's with the Z? Uh, D-E-L-A-M-O. Oh, D. Okay, yeah, the, the Delamo Fashion Center. Delamo. Yeah. Okay. I'm making a note because I'm going to go and Google it myself. I want to check it out. See if I can walk the Delamo Mall. I've got to, you know, I got to be in the know. So, okay. <laughs> so we, we kind of got all of that out of the way. So let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, real, real, real estate, reality real estate and how, you know, how you go about acquiring your clients. What do you do that's different for your clients? Um, and also, you know, I've had quite a few people ask, uh, how do I become an agent in California? So there you go. There's a couple quick questions. Let's start with the first one, the big one. How do they become an agent in California? Absolutely. Yes. So um, to become an agent in California, you do have to take you know, your, um, your college level courses, right. And the, the minimum are like six college level courses. Then okay. you would apply to take the state license exam. And from there, obviously passing and, and getting your application approved, then you would choose a brokerage to go with. Um, some people decide to join teams. Some people decide to join as a solo agent under a mentor. I would highly recommend getting a mentor in the business though, however, because there's so much to learn and that mentorship is very, very valuable. Yeah. So let me ask this. Do you guys do grow in California or do attorneys do it? So we have escrow companies that handle the escrow. They're oh, escrow. yeah. Okay. Right. I'm making a note. This is for anybody out there who's interested. Cause I know we've had quite a few, um, you know, messages, uh, people have come into my DMs posting, you know, this week, it was going to be hitting. And they have asked, you know, a lot of people want to become an agent. So, love the fact that you said they take uh, six, is it six college courses that they take to get the license? Exactly. Yeah, that's part okay. of the requirement for the application. Okay, which is which is awesome, because um, I'll tell 
offline. It doesn't really work like that here in Arizona. Is that why there's more million dollar listers in LA? I don't know, but we're going to talk about that offline. <laughs> Seriously. So tell, me, so tell, <laughs> tell me a little bit about, um, you know, you and your, I know your, your clients love you. I see your posts up, you know, Thank everybody you. has great things to say. I'm not surprised there. Um, if everybody, you know, listening in our audience hasn't figured out Melissa's, you know, super duper um, person besides a great agent. Tell us a little bit about how you get your clients, um, Melissa, and then what do you do that's different for them that makes working with you and all the properties ideal? Absolutely. Um, so for, for myself personally, you know, it's a very relationship-based business. Um, mm -hmm. Most of my clients do come from my personal sphere or referrals from past clients. Um, and that's why I, I really do feel like building those relationships with your community um, and obviously with your professional network too are very, very important. Um, what makes my business different is that I'm very service-based. So I always, my intention when I meet with a client is one, really understand their true needs, their motivations, their timeline, everything that, you know, they need, expect, and want from the transaction process, the real estate journey, um, and really aiming to give them, you know, five-star white glove customer service from start to finish to make their journey the most enjoyable possible. So that's wow. really, really important to me. Um, you know, I know that as well, I really come from being like in a solution-based mindset. So okay. I always try to work with my clients and the other agents to, to make sure that we come to the table with solutions rather than focusing on any like hiccups or, you know, problems, maybe things that are not ideal or exactly I love that. Want, but really, really yeah. coming from a solution-based mindset. Yeah, I love that. And you know what? To, let's talk to that for a second, because a lot of people, you know, um, the public consumer, right? They, a lot of people get an agent, you know, some are referred to them, some they just, you know, pick up wherever online, social media, great places to get an agent, right? And these are the sorts of things that I'm really trying to to what well, we have, we've, we've done an a ebook, um, a savvy shop where we put these sorts of things in there for the public because they're, you know, they don't have that knowledge. How do you, um, you know, make it not even just to your clients, but just as a whole, let people know that your solution, you have a solution based mindset and that, you know, their, their, their needs and expectancies and wants, how that is a, you know, a big deal and, and it matters to you and to all the properties and you guys are the go-to. How do you, how do you get that across? Yes, definitely. Um, that's a really, really great question. Um, obviously in speaking one-on-one -on -one with clients, that is a big thing that is discussed, but also, you know, to the public, I love that you had mentioned you have a Savvy Shopper ebook. That's a wonderful idea. <laughs> I may have to talk to you about that all day. Um, but I also think it comes into with, um, you know, our, our personal branding and really being authentic with that. Right. Um, so, you know, for example, my testimonials right, from my clients, that's something that I always like to share because I think it does speak, you know, to their experience that they had, like a firsthand experience that they had working with, with myself, with Alta Properties. Um, additionally, too, I think, you know, being authentic when we're 
you know, posting on Instagram or, you know, speaking on a recording like this too, it's, it's, it's coming from the heart. It's coming from, um, yeah, this is, you know, this is who I met, who I am kind of, this is who I, my mind, what my mindset is, um, right. and sharing that too, you know, as part of, um, sharing with the audience. Right. And I, I definitely believe that, um, yes, we do have a personal brand, but it's, it's showing really like who we are, right? It's not trying to make that into something, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yes, it absolutely does, which which it's important. You know, our brand uh, precedes us. And then when we show up, if if we're not in line, right, with what we put out there as our brand, it's definitely, um, you know, it devalues the brand, I think. So yeah. so having that and, and being that and sharing that and with anybody, whether it's um, a, a, a potential client, a prospective client, or a real client, an actual client that you're working with, I think it's super important and, and, and knowledge is power, right? Absolutely. Knowledge yeah. is power. And so, you know, just as a quick sidebar, uh, Melissa and I were going to be kind of going into a think tank where we're going to be working on uh, global, you know, how to work globally and bring real estate globally and, and collab with other agents in other states um, to bring a level of real estate to you, the public, that isn't um, out there right now. So just stay. But um, so let's um, I have I have another question I wanted to, uh, to to ask, and it actually comes down to working with agents on the other side. And the reason I have I have I want to ask this question, I want our audience to to understand that, you know, what real estate looks like on the front side, whether that's um, through marketing pieces or uh, shows that people see and what we experience as real estate agents on the backside. It, there's there's a difference, right? And so, especially since we have people that are interested in becoming an agent, uh, talk about transparency. I think it's great. Their, uh, quality information with them so that they are armed and ready to become agents, right? And yes. it's not to say every tiny little thing is going to apply because like some things that I may experience, you may never experience or vice versa, right? But, um, uh, and I certainly had quite a week, let me tell you. <laughs> I had quite a week this week with a transaction, um, with in the transaction. And my, my experience with that was the agent was very, very new. And, um, and so it, it, not only did I have to work for me, but I also had work for the agent. And while we're not allowed to teach real estate, you know, we're in a transaction, we can't teach the other agent on the other side, right. how to do real estate. Um, but we find ourselves. And that was kind of, um, that was kind of what I experienced. And I'll share that in a moment. But um, tell us what was your since you like solution based, have a solution based mindset. Tell me this, what was the a solution you came up with like this week or maybe um, in recent weeks where you had a challenge on a transaction and you aced it by coming up with a fabulous solution to handle it and, you know, omit all of the challenges? Absolutely. That's such a great question. And it's actually very relevant to uh, we just came up with a solution this morning on a negotiation. <laughs> so, yes, um, in this specific transaction, 
um, I had a buyer that wanted, you know, 30 day escrow and we were okay renting back to the sellers for like X amount of days. Okay. The sellers pushed back. They wanted a 45 day escrow because they mm. needed to find a replacement property. They said 30 days is not enough time. And they didn't want to rent back for a long time because it would be at buyer's PITI, which, you know, to them is sure. a lot of money. Um, so we came though, however, to a solution. I said, okay, like the difference between 45 days and 30 days is, is 15 days. So those are the kind of the ones in question. Mm -hmm. um, and my buyers had to actually travel somewhere. And that's why they really needed the 30 days. They wouldn't be around at day 45 to close. Ah. Um, so the agent and I, we, you know, kind of went back and forth. We brainstormed. I brainstormed with my clients. She brainstormed with her sellers. But we actually came to the table. We're like, hey, you know what? It's these 15 days in questions. What if we did 30-day escrow, 14-day or like, you know, two-week um portion that would be discounted rent or free and mm. then after that the same amount of time to rent back as originally proposed and both sides were like yeah i think that's fair you know i think that comes to a fair agreement it's sort of bridging the gap um and you know both parties are happy with that because my buyers you know they they got the price that they want to get the house for the sellers they get a little bit more time with the rent back um so we came to that solution today and it was beautiful <laughs> wow that you know that and i know you know the audience i know you guys listening in that you know if you're an agent that may make sense if you're not that may not make a lot of sense but i think that's spectacular to come to that mindset what a great way to arrive at the solution which could have been a big problem because yes. you've got two people who really need a timeline to stick to you know and and mm -hmm. floating in the middle of it all what a great way to say hey can we compromise on those two weeks and then you go back and forth. awesome i i absolutely love that i made a note <laughs> i made a note I note here in case that ever um happens for me i think that's that's fabulous do you experience a lot of seller carrybacks in california um so it is becoming more common for the sellers to need rent backs these days because oftentimes oh. right they're like moving out of state or they need to sell this one first and take all that equity to the next one gotcha. um so we are seeing that a bit more now you know anything between a couple weeks rent back to up to 60 days it's it's a bit more common now it's kind of just how the market is okay. um so we are we are seeing that more frequently um okay. yeah definitely more frequently than like even two years ago Okay, awesome. And yes, I meant uh, seller rent back, not carry back audience, because a carry back is something different. It's actually when the seller of the home carries the loan and, and then you pay them uh, for that. So I meant seller rent back. So we really don't do a lot of, um, you know, rent backs here or, or hold. Oh, okay. um, and, yeah. And um and and I'm a big like especially here just because of some of the things that can happen here. Um, I'm I'm definitely pro you know no post possession. That's what we call it. So, mm -hmm. we, so we we like no post possession. Then you know the close date then. And so that's kind of how we mm -hmm. um, end up yeah end up doing it. Um, we can close and we have closed. I've closed on some loans as as quick as seven days. Um, one days believe it or not wow. but, yes and so my broker um headquarters uh, they 
have their own um, mortgage company. It's called Minute Mortgage, and um, and the, hence the name Minute Mortgage. And they can close super fast. I don't know what that's all about. Um, I, I don't even ask when I'm in a <laughs> and I need a real fast closing. I send it. But other than that, there are quite a few uh, loan officers around the valley that will close 15 days or 20 days, you know, Mm. um, 30 days is, is like, wow. And I think that's why some people might feel like you're dragging your feet when, you know, because if you've had that, or they know that you can close quicker and then you say it's a 30 day where that's a normal is 45 days, you know, years ago, that was the normal. Right. Close on a loan. Right. And today, right. I need 30 days and they're like, you can't do it sooner. Oh, geez. Um, let me check. I'll get back with you. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a lead into, um, a couple of the things I, so to to share here (laughs) Um, in my week. uh, Okay. I, I did go into contract on a property and it was a 30 day closing. Um, I didn't know at the time it was a brand, brand, brand new agent. This is their first transaction. He mm. spoke in a way that he, like he was gung ho and he was, you know, the man and everybody's kowtowing to me and I know what I'm doing. And so I just had a sense like, you know, he's, he's done quite a bit of business. I hadn't looked him up yet. And, um, and so I, I, I come back to him after we, you know, let me back it up a little bit. I put an offer in on his house, right? The, his listing, and he decided to go in a different direction. So he said, you know, sell so another buyer. said, so, okay, great. So I continued the run looking for a, the perfect property for my client. 10 days later, I get a call from him. Hey, that deal fell through. Is your client still interested? Yes. Let me mobilize the client. We boom, one hour, we were under contract, right? And this is at 7.30 p.m. on a weeknight. Oh and yes. So I got the client under contract. Da, da, da. Next day, he goes, okay, I need confirmation of the close date. Okay, it's going to be such and such. He goes, that's not going to work. Just like that. That's not going to work. And I said, uh, oh, I'm sorry. So uh, it's a 30 day. That's pretty standard. You know, uh, right. you know uh, I know there are 10 days and 15 days and I wasn't still wasn't following that he was new. You know, he was laying clues saying I know there are 10 days and 15 <laughs> days. And so the next day he officer and threatens the loan officer that he's going to call the buyer and tell buyer to get another loan officer to be able to close in 15 days oh my gosh tell me what laws he broke (laughs) yeah the loan officer calls me and says hey coco can he do that and i said if he wants but he's not allowed to do that i said and the the not gonna go with a different loan officer. He's very happy with you. Right. So I was like, let me let me call and see what's going on. And that's kind of where it went awry. Um and I just I ended up having to hang up the phone on him. And uh it was it was a lot of fun. Got through all of that, right? And and uh and now boom at closing the day <laughs> before, the day before 
before closing, tell me, Melissa, what is wrong with this picture I'm about to tell you. The day before closing, I message, hey, um, we should be the morning since all the money has transferred already buyers working to the end of the day could you please leave the lockbox on till saturday and then that way all good they get their keys back i have already scheduled to have the lockbox and move today your buyer can pick up the keys over at title tomorrow i said i'm sorry pump for a second the home hasn't closed you cannot remove the keys the buyer will go over there when the home records and pick up their keys and then you can remove your stuff if you like you could take the sign away if you like but the keys have to be at the property no and that's when i decided to look him up and found out he was a this is the first transaction oh. and so so he wasn't budging and so i had one of my contact him because I couldn't really have a conversation. It wasn't going to be a good conversation. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, you're, you're external of this. You have no emotion here. You call him up and see what we could work out. So I find out that he's leaving town. Um, and that's, he wants to get his stuff off of. And I said, that's irrelevant. The transaction is not about him. Oh, right. <laughs> it's about the buyer and the seller. So well, what do I do, Coco? I, I uh, talked to him already and told him that, you know, I'll go over and take take the key out and put it in our own lock lock so he can remove his things. And I said, <laughs> I said, listen, okay, that is not our listing. We can't hang on to the key because he doesn't want to have the lock box there. Our listing, we're taking liability. Yeah. Should happen, and somebody knock a hole in the, our lockbox and take the keys, storm the house, take everything out. Who do you think is going to pay for all of that? <sighs> yes. So uh, this is what I did. I this is how I rectified it. I sent an email public. An email is a legal document, and the law states when you send on your sign it is received on the other side whether they saw it or not so I write an email I fashion an email and I call it an acknowledgement and I reiterated everything he told my agent to do so mm -hmm. be aware who handled this whole thing and then I, I put make sure I put in there what us move it before it closes escrow it doesn't close escrow till tomorrow we're going to put our own box there, put the key in the box, right. and the buyer will not receive the key until we have confirmation the home is recorded in the city. And so I sent it off to him and his broker. And it came <laughs> back about later from him, confirmed I will follow the appointment procedures and apply a properly and I will leave the box on until the home records <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <laughs> Melissa have you heard anything like this before <laughs> I have not I mean oh wow yeah so that's that was uh... my week. yeah that was my week and and so 
you know, I'm talking to my my um, my buyer because there's been other kinks that we've had to cover ourselves because of mm. what he's done wrong. And I mean, like kinks, Melissa, like offline girl, big kinks. <laughs> I'm serious. And so this was, you know, trying to, um, wouldn't you say that during the transaction, you want to buffer your buyer or seller from all the things that we experienced, right? That we exactly. have to make it happen. We don't want to download that to them. Right. We handle that. And then, you know, what they get is the, what we're, what we're doing. Okay. We're going to go there. We're going to do that. You know, not all the, and so what I, uh, contacted the client this morning and said, Hey, we closed escrow. And I'm on the, the line with my agent who, you know, handled the whole key situation. He says, okay, the key from the box when I'm ready. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so then my agent had to tell him and say, hey, I made a video. You'll see where I hid the lock box and da da da, you know. Oh my gosh, Melissa and the public. You want to be an agent? Get with Melissa. Melissa is offering a free consultation giveaway at the end of this podcast. She is a $100 Visa card. It's a consultation. Now, it's a buyer consultation, but who knows? Maybe if you want to, like, you know, get with her and get a little bit of a agent to agent. <laughs> yeah. We'll be open to that absolutely uh, yes but there you go so so that's that's that that's what we're doing so tell me one thing that you would like everybody to know about you before we move into since I told them we've got this giveaway tell 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 the audience one thing about you um that that would be a great thing to know about you Absolutely. Thank you, Coco. So yes, in addition to uh, being a full-time real estate agent and loving, loving this career, um, I'm also really passionate about, you know, community involvement, giving back and like serving. Um, so a big way that is really important for me to do is um, through my passion of supporting female entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, so as you know, because Coco was a guest um, on my podcast, my, my interview series as well. She was episode yeah. eight, female entrepreneur interview series. Um, and that's something that I've been doing. I started in 2020 during the pandemic just to support other women in their businesses, to share their inspiring stories, their wisdom, and really create just a community where we can support and help each other. And um, now, yeah, I just finished episode 30. I have a little surprise coming out um, very soon for the Female Entrepreneur Interview Series as well. Um, but yeah, I really, you know, would love to highlight that because I think it's so important to help each other um, in any way that we can to grow our businesses. Yes. Yes. And I love the Entrepreneur Series. Anybody out there? in um if you are an instagram melissa is on instagram melissa you want to give your instagram handle yes my instagram handle is at melissa okabe m-e-l-i-s-s-a-o-k-a-b-e one word very simple very easy <laughs> and you can connect with melissa there and if you are a woman entrepreneur and you would like the world to know a little bit about you and what you do in your business it's a great opportunity wouldn't you say melissa for them to kind of share their business and maybe develop some new business for themselves. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm, I'm so open. I'm so open to, you know, meeting 
other female entrepreneurs, other women in business. Um, also, if they're local here in LA, my myself and my event partner, Narelle of Pull and Thread, we have hosted women's events um, over the past year, and we continue, you know, to aim to do so this year as well. And it's it's just a really cool collaboration where we bring women together, highlight female-owned businesses, and just really, you know, get that community rolling. Hey, quick question. It just came to mind. Have you and Narelle with Pulling Thread, have you ever done like a Zoom party? Ooh, we haven't, but I like that idea. <laughs> Me too, because so many from all over could come to the Zoom party. And I would definitely be one who would be at the party. I couldn't wait to get there for that. I think that's a great idea. I think I saw someplace on Instagram. There's a fellow, he's a, he's a, a DJ out in California, and he does a Friday night um, happy he DJs and it's Zoom and everybody comes to the party. And I've seen like the comments and people like they're drinking and, you know, toasting glasses. And I thought, oh, that is so fun. My sister goes to it and I'm like, that is so fun. Something like wow. that. I love it. That's such a great right? idea. Yeah. I yes. think so too. So audience, if you have any ideas, please, there is a message box at the bottom of my podcast. If you're on Anchor FM, which of course is Spotify, please drop your, um, your, your, your ideas there. We would love it. If you have any questions for Melissa from this episode, if you would also go to the message box, drop your message there. I can attach those to the podcast. And then I can get Melissa to answer them and you'll go right to the podcast and you'll be able to see on the bottom your questions and her answers. So if there's anybody out there who's got some questions, please, please come to the podcast and drop it down. We would love that. Melissa would love that. And to kind of wrap it up again, we have $100 visa, right? Melissa, you want to kind of give them an idea of what our giveaway is for you for today? Yes, absolutely. So super excited to participate and give away a $100 Visa gift card as well as a private one-on-one Zoom buyer consultation. Or if it's a you know an agent or someone <laughs> that wants to become an agent, we can have that consultation as well. I'd be happy to have like a mentorship call, we'll call it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Fabulous. Pay it forward, right? So yes. if you're if you're not following me as out Taylor Bond uh, group. L-E-R, it's not Taylor, it's Taylor Bond Group on Instagram. You'll see the giveaway going on on my page right now. We're going to take the giveaway until tonight at 6. It's very easy. You just take the giveaway and post it to your stories. Drop a couple ats in there of people that you can think of that you want to share this with. Get your name in the hopper extra times. We're going to pull a name and announce in the morning who's going to get it. Melissa will take care of the rest. Sound good? Yay! Thank Yay. you so much, Coco. So fun I chatting know. with you. I am so happy to finally have got um, you on here on the podcast. I wanted you more with you. I know other people will want to hear it and, of course, talk about our collab, our global collab. So we've got to get in the think tank on that uh, yes. pretty soon and make that happen. And, of course, I'm going to see you on the gram and off the gram as well because, you know, I love you. So... <laughs> <laughs> 
everybody for joining us today. As you know, right now, my, all of my episodes are commercial free. So please come on, share, follow, and tell other people about us so that we can keep that going. And we'll see you here next time, next Thursday. Today was a special day. We're back here on Thursday on The Real. Thanks. Bye. Bye, Melissa. Bye, Coco.